Have you ever been discouraged by people comparing your band to other artists that you don't necessarily sound like? Maybe it's just someone in the same genre and you wish that people would recognize you for you and your original stuff. There's actually a fairly easy fix for that or at least some things you can do to definitely diminish the effects that that has. That is going to be one item I discuss while I talk about building a brand, audience, and content strategy in this episode. My name is Leah and this is The Secret to Lifelong Fans, a podcast where I talk about how creating strong community and special moments for your fans will give music artists job security by turning those fans into lifelong fans. I'm a revenue strategy expert and I'm teaching myself music marketing while recovering from a traumatic brain injury. I have more information about that in my first episode if you want to know my full story. Today I'm going through the process of creating a TikTok strategy for the band The Home Team for their two upcoming tours. First I'm going to identify a brand for this band and then identify who their target audience will be and then I'm going to use that information to design a very effective and personalized TikTok content strategy for them. This is something that I'm doing as an exercise only for my education and for anyone else who's interested in what it actually looks like to go through the process of that. You'll be able to see what types of questions I'm asking and how I go through this every step of the way. This is absolutely not me saying that this is what the band should do or giving any criticism. I don't think I say anything negative in this at all anyway, but I want to make that distinction that this is not real life advice for this band. This is just for fun. And if you want to learn how to apply your favorite artist formula for audience development, you can follow the podcast for new case studies every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern. So let's talk about the home team. They're a pop rock band with post-hardcore and indie influences, and their newest album is produced by Sky Accord of Issues, who brought more fusion to the table with some electric elements and horns. There is some crazy sax on this album, and this ended up being one of my favorite albums of 2021. I knew absolutely nothing about this band, except that their music was so, so catchy when I started working on this exercise. And I'm very delighted to find out that as I was doing all this research, they have really awesome marketing strategies in place, and they do a lot to connect with their fans. They're an established band with 165,000 Spotify listeners and relatively low visibility, about 4K followers on TikTok. They've posted there. It's fun. They're showing their fans on TikTok that they exist and having some type of presence there, but it's clear that it's not a huge focus for their marketing strategy. They do a lot more engagement with their fans through Instagram and through their Patreon. In order to create a strategy from scratch, I need to learn about the band and make some assumptions to fill in the blanks of what I don't know about them. Kind of like math assumptions, not just me saying, oh, I think this is what they would do. In order to create a personalized strategy, you just need to know certain information that, you know, I don't know exactly what was in their brain when they were creating this album. I can only make assumptions off of what I'm seeing. So maybe some of my assumptions won't line up with what this band is like focusing on or what their message is. But for this occasion, it doesn't matter because remember, this is just for exercise and it is not real. Before we get started um, actually building stuff out, I'm going to identify some goals, obstacles, and competitive analysis. I could get very in-depth about creating goals, and I'm going to spare the lecture right now just to keep things simple, but goals are very, very important. I think people get scared of setting goals because they're scared of failing them, but goals aren't set to like achieve all of them. I think that goals are really helpful when you can use them as a North Star and just say this is the direction we're going in and give you focus so that you don't get distracted and you can kind of prioritize. Just by setting goals, way, way more stuff happened for me than all the years that I was not setting any goals for myself. My point is don't stress about goals. So we're going to keep it simple for this. If you listen to my first episode, I talked about the visibility to superfan pipeline, which is basically the marketing funnel that I've stylized in a way to focus on fan engagement. And each step of the way focuses on a different conversion. So there's like 
you know, someone who doesn't know you to visibility, to listener, to fan, to super fan or dedicated lifelong fan. And the goals that I have set up for them is really about converting visibility, listeners, and fans. They have awesome stuff put in place for super fans by doing their Patreon. So I want to focus this TikTok strategy on getting visibility and getting people to start caring about them. Last year, they released an album called Slow Bloom. It is spectacular, and this year, it looks like they're focusing on touring. So now that they have amazing music, amazing visuals from their music videos, they have all the content, we could say. Now we just need to share it with people and keep promoting and Social media is going to be one of the best ways to do that. I think that's how they can keep the most momentum for themselves. Since visibility is something that we're focusing on for them, I'm going to set a goal for 25,000 TikTok followers and 200 additional patrons by the end of the Point North tour in April. They currently have about 100 patrons. I already had most of the stuff planned out before I even knew that they had a Patreon, so that is one clue that I think we could do more promotion for that. And now we're going to identify obstacles. I want to say very clearly, there are no obstacles that I'm doing specifically for this band, but I want to give an example of what this would look like because sometimes artists have an issue or maybe you have some type of negative attention or reputation because of a specific thing you did or maybe you're doing some type of strategy that just isn't working or maybe you feel plateaued in your career. Anything like that would be considered an obstacle and we can build strategy around that to kind of like diminish those effects in either like really aggressive ways or, you know, stuff that's in the subconscious. Um, I compare this to scandal when Olivia Pope tells her clients, if you did anything else, you better be telling me the truth. You better tell me everything that you did because if you're hiding something from me, then I can't fix it. It's literally that. And then her clients, if they are lying then it gets blown up in the press and whatever thing that Olivia Pope put in place is like destroyed because it was the wrong strategy because you didn't have all the information so if you don't want stuff to blow up in your face it can be difficult but take into account the obstacles the example that I'm going to use is something that I've seen in a lot of bands in general and I don't think it's great for the alternative music scene I think this is gonna be a little bit detrimental to the scene if it keeps on going so anyone who feels this way I want to make this a little bit easier so I see in a lot of comments when fans discover new artists they'll give a compliment like it's giving this band vibes or y'all sound like a mix of blank and blank or I love this y'all remind me of x the effect that those types of comments have is that they can be limiting. I want to say it can be really amazing to get a compliment and be compared to someone that you're a really big fan of or that someone else is a big fan of. I don't think any of these compliments are made with ill intention, but at the end of the day, I think I said in the first episode, marketing, sometimes it's all this stuff that's happening that we think of at a subconscious level and that we're not fully aware of. So having these types of comments, especially if there's like a few on one of your music videos or a TikTok that gets a lot of engagement and a lot of views and comments, then if someone else didn't already make that connection and comparison in your mind, then you might have thousands of people reading this and then creating that connection in their mind, even if there wasn't one anyway. And if we get too much of that, then it can change the perception for the fans at large and we don't want to do that. There are ways that we can curb this and limit this and we're going to take a cue from Taylor Swift which means rewarding good behavior from fans since this is something that is very under the surface on subconscious level. I think the best approach is going to be a very subtle one, okay? Intentional but subtle and effective. So the first step, we're going to take a break from the comparing comments. If you see someone comment something very original and they're just totally getting what your message is like for the home team, it's so cool you're blending these different elements together. This has never been done before and it's really pushing alternative music forward. If you get a comment like that, you want to blow that up, make a video response or you can put it like on your story. The comparing comments, there's not like, an exact thing that you should do to diminish these um, because like I said, excited about discovering you. So we want to be nice to them, but we don't want to reward that type of comment. We want to set expectations. Say something like, you're inspired by 
xyz genre take the genre that way the focus from that artist if you're not responding to every single comment just ignore it once a comment or reply to it and say thank you then like other fans will like use that as proof and be like oh well they liked this so they think it's okay if we compare them and it's not a big deal which there's a butterfly effect of things when this happens some of my favorite artists get swallowed up in this so i think finding little ways to diminish that uh, is going to be really helpful for everyone's mental health and hopefully make an impact on how that conversation is changing because right now people are only caring about like the same four bands uh, in alternative music that everyone's been listening to for more than 15 years and it's getting really old so we really want to make room for new artists that are pushing boundaries. It would be helpful to do a competitive analysis, not straight up copy other people, but when you're sitting in front of a blank page trying to like think of ideas or think of TikTok content, like that's so overwhelming. So by doing a competitive analysis, what are these people doing and what of that can I incorporate into my own TikTok videos? Once you do that for a few people, you will probably have a few different things that you like and then you'll have ideas for what you can go try and make it your own, see what works, right? So this includes Ollie Sykes, Austin Knight, and arrows in action um, are both pretty low-key in their vids except for when Austin does some like silly random stuff where he's memeing himself or making fun of his fans but at the end of the day they're pretty much both like connecting with their fans Ollie can get away with just like lazy content I guess because he's Ollie Sykes but one thing I think he does that's really cool is duetting his fans and commenting on their uh, videos. So when someone is making content like with your music or just content about you, when you recognize that, then it encourages more of that and more people will try to make videos trying to get your attention and then you'll have a stronger presence and get more algorithm clicks and likes. There's more buzz about you. You create a community. Like that is how you really get fans. So if people are doing that, definitely recognize that. Comment on TikToks about you or duet them. Then Arrows in Action. So they're similar to the home team because their focus and their strategy is primarily from visibility to fan. So they have the same goals as the home team, whereas Ollie and Austin, they're mostly just connecting with fans that they already have. Arrows in Action has, they do an amazing job. I don't think I've seen any other band or music artist do this this year, but they do an amazing job of getting visibility in a way that focuses on their music. But they're not out here doing like weird gimmicky stuff. Like they have their high quality visuals from music videos that they've put out in the past year they're putting their music on top of it then inside of the video they're adding those like text block captions like not the caption that you write that's at the bottom of the video the the text blocks that are actually part of the video they will kind of like start a conversation with you through those text blocks and then do a really casual cta at the end and get engagement through that and get people really interested and this has been super effective for them i'm also going to be going more into detail on arrows in action and what their strategy is as well as putting in a future strategy for them on next week's episode I'm gonna go I'm going to look over them and another band that has a very different strategy from them uh, that is also doing really well getting visibility so you can subscribe to the podcast if you would like to see that next Tuesday we are ready to build the brand so I basically low-key stalked this band on social media and watched all their music videos listened to some interviews I tried to get whatever information I could about them what they're doing, more information about this album, and this is what I found. For their sound, they are, I kind of already explained their sound, but they're a fusion of power pop with post-hardcore elements, sprinkling in horns, like in the slow bloom saxophones, and their singer Brian has this like very unique dramatic flair in his voice, and I think fans of like early Panic at the Disco, Crown the Empire. If you're a real one, you remember the Venetia Fair. This fusion all together is very playful and exciting and trend-setting. Visuals, what I'm seeing is they have all animated artwork. In this album era, they have jewel tones and a lot of 
these visuals seem career focused, two out of their four music videos that they've put out for this album have been in workplace settings and one is a straight up uh, corporate office. They also have nerd pop culture references throughout some of their videos and other references. They did a photo shoot I think a couple months ago where they're wearing uh, these like nerdy t-shirts and it's very like gamery, nerdy millennial core. I say that affectionately. Um, that's not the type of stuff that I'm personally into, so I don't know what to call it, but it's very fun. Emotions and experiences that I'm getting inside of their music. I think a lot of themes are like love and life and career in your mid-20s, or maybe like all over 20s. Basically, you've been out of school for a while, so all of those dreams and your values and all the stuff that you did figuring out about the world when you were in high school and maybe college. Now you've had a few years to put your ideas into action. You've also spent a little bit of time evaluating like, wow, is what I've done, is that like living up to my full potential? Am I doing what I expected to do? Am I proud of what I'm doing? And you're kind of having to sit with the fact that like, wow, I've made decisions and this is what my life is now after I've like, this is the life I've created for myself. Do I want to keep going down this path or do I want to change it? There are also lyrics that give me the vibe of someone with like really strict goals and expectations for themselves. The words, it's stuff that you would hear from like a coach or your parents or like a boss. And it's like all of those phrases, like one of their songs is move it or lose it and just stuff like that. It's really putting on the pressure, gamifying life, just treating it like a game, like a video game where you're trying to like rise up through the ranks and putting in work to achieve success, however you define that. Next, I wanted to evaluate the current fan engagement and marketing strategy. I don't know if this would be a tagline or it's kind of like what they call their fans, but they call their fans real rockers. And in a few places, um, they have this tagline that says real rockers only, like in their Spotify bio and in uh, music videos. I think that is ironic and goofy and just funny. So specific channels in the Patreon that exist that are unique stick out to me for their brand, which BTW, yes, I did buy their Patreon because once I found out that they had a Patreon, right, it was seven, like I was almost finished with doing all my research on them. I am the target market for whatever they are doing besides the nerdy millennial core stuff that I don't know anything about, but they are doing so much cool stuff and I love their music. So I was like, I would absolutely love to join your Patreon. <laughs> I did not do that just for this exercise or this podcast. I'm very, very happy to be a part of their Patreon. One channel that I am just, <laughs> I cannot believe this exists. It's called Your Rich Friends and it's a play on their song title, Watching All Your Friends Get Rich. Most of, they have a lot of channels that are plays on their uh, songs or lyrics, which are so it's so, so good. They have an outfit of the day that's called Fashion Forward, a name of their songs. And they have lyrics that are have a seat, take a drink where people post their drinks. So a lot of stuff like that. But Your Rich Friends as the channel, they talk about they talk about financial literacy stuff and like retirement accounts and, and crypto. And people are talking about being adults with savings accounts. And uh, it's been pretty active. So that's just like totally unexpected. They've got gamer type channels, which again, I don't know anything about this stuff, but they have one that seems to be about the Mandalorian, one for comic books and one for anime, which I think the comic book one is also like lyrics or a song title. They also have monthly game nights as an offer for their Patreon and they identify themselves as people who, who prefer a game night to a party they identify themselves as not a party band and I think most of the members are some type of straight edge. And then most of their fan engagement occurs here in the Patreon and on Instagram. I can also see that they are advocating for the change that you want to see in the music industry and for appropriate boundaries and etiquette between like fans and artists which I think is really cool. They had a series of tweets that I added into my notes, but now they've disappeared. I don't know where they are. So I'm just going to tell you the, the basics. Someone commented on one of their music videos where they had this very cool concept. They brought, it was kind of like a, like an audition. And then in a music video setup, 
and they're bringing in these other bands to kind of like audition and they're singing along to the lyrics as the music video is playing. I hope I'm describing this correctly because it's it's like pretty meta and I don't I'm trying to keep this straight. So they have these different bands that have these very like visual differences from them so it's like visually interesting and very cool and one of the bands is called Skythe Gang Triple Six and they have these like ski masks and guns. They look like they're having a lot of fun honestly. I don't understand the guns but I I'm all like this band. I checked them out because of this. They have crazy music videos and I'm obsessed with the editing. They look like they're having so much fun and I'm all for it. And someone commented on the home team's music video. Hey, love y'all. Never a bad song. And then what is Sky Gang? I checked them out. They suck. And then the band's YouTube account commented back to this comment and was like, I wish I could say it word for word because it was more eloquent than anything I've ever said in my entire freaking life. But they were like, thank you so much for listening to our music. We really, really appreciate that comment. But Skype Gang are our close friends. We love what they're doing and they're filling a unique space in music. So when you say that about our friends, it takes away the point of the compliment. I hope you can spread more positivity in the future. That's that's my best paraphrasing of what they said. But it was so impressive. And I saw them retweet and add to a couple conversations of what other bands were saying on Twitter just about random boundaries between fans and artists and mindsets from fans that aren't healthy and they're kind of like yeah we agree like we this should be changed that's one of my favorite things about this band is that they're advocating for positive change next motifs and rituals with their fans these are really small like motifs and branding elements that I've seen as themes so Topo Chico the sparkling mineral water is one when you join their patreon it's a ritual that whenever you join you're greeted with this very scary gif that is their drummer holding up his drumsticks and the whole background is just flames and then they comment welcome to hell and you just get greeted with like five to ten of those and it's really overwhelming but fun like i said they they call their fans real rockers and they have something about like coffee and beans and i don't understand the beans thing i think it's a reference to coffee or uh cats like toe beans but may maybe i'm totally wrong because they just photoshop beans into things and this is the kind of stuff that's helpful for world building when we do stuff in the future for their strategy we've got their branding out of the way let's build some audience disclaimer obviously anyone can listen to any type of music especially this album because the home team is making this crazy fusion of diverse influences and it's super accessible but we still want to narrow down an audience so that we can find people who will resonate the most with this music and signal to them in a way that's going to really get people interested and want to check this band out. Building an audience is going to be very helpful. The first group I have for their audience is people in their mid-20s figuring out how to be an adult. Themes are pretty universal to this age group and maybe specifically the seemingly well-adjusted mid-20s, like you have a career, you're dating, maybe you're about to get engaged. I put well-adjusted in quotation marks, like may maybe you just seem well-adjusted on the surface. <laughs> I don't know why I thought to make it that specific. I feel like I want to warn you, some of these are really vague like that and some of these are weirdly specific, but just trust me, like this is, you can, you can get fun and creative with building an audience. Next, I have past post-hardcore fans who want to hear a unique take on the genre, are excited about the evolution of the sound, or current post-hardcore fans who are tastemakers and tired of hearing the same song being recreated over and over again in the alternative scene. Former gifted students, apparently this has become an identifier on TikTok and social media to resonate with uh, similar experiences of being under a lot of pressure and expectations because when you were young, things came really easy to you and people just put high expectations on you and now you're like, oh, am I living up to that? So, <laughs> so I thought that that uh, would be really relevant. Then I've got game and anime and comic books focus. Anyone who is in that nerdy millennial core vibe, those types of people, people who like board game nights, right? Next, I've got 
straight edge people or people who like being sober at least most of the time, who like being alert, goal-oriented people who may be ambitious but don't take themselves too seriously, want to be successful and happy and have like a good balance in their lives. Next, I've got people who support appropriate boundaries between fans and musicians. At this point, I feel like you've you've heard me say a few of these that are literally just repeating what their brand is. And yeah, some of them are literally that easy. But when I was learning more about this band, it became very clear to me that they are not marketing themselves to 14-year-olds. I think that some younger kids would like their music and I think in general, if your music can be marketed to younger people on a marketing level, it's helpful to give that a little bit of attention because when you're young, you're much more A, open to finding new music and you're also, the music that you listen to like 13, 14, you're going to be listening to that your whole life. So like their whole like millennial core vibe and like all of those themes that I talked about in their mid-20s, their stuff is going to resonate probably a little more with people their age, but I don't think it's inaccessible to younger people either. Next, I've got people who support appropriate boundaries between fans and musicians and people who want to see the music industry be a more ethical place, right? Because they're speaking up about that kind of stuff. Next group of people, corporate emo and MySpace kids. I'm going to resist the urge to explain that one because it's so clear cut to me. If you're a corporate emo millennial, you're going to like this band or you're probably going to like this band. Next, um, people who feel like they're going through their day to day just because maybe you feel like you're stuck in a routine, but you have bigger dreams outside of that and are trying to figure out how to make it happen. I want to include a four fans of even though I know I just went on a total rant about how we shouldn't compare bands, but when we think of it, Marketing-wise, we need to look at people who are already very invested in music, people who are already fans of music, and see who we would line up with the most, like what type of fan bases would be most likely to also be fans of this band. And what I have are Issues, The Main, and This Wildlife. I didn't know where to put this, but I think we're not only attracted to music artists because of like what we already are and what they already are, we can also be drawn to artists because they're very inspiring or because they have something to teach us and that's a great way that artists can provide value for fans is by teaching or inspiring them something so if you have a couple things that are really important to you that you've learned through life that you want to share it would be really awesome to make that part of your brand so some of the things i wanted to list that i could see them teaching and inspiring their fans is to be the change you want to see in the world using your voice and resources to make the world a better place Believe in your coolness. Uh, they did a live with Kevin from This Wildlife to promote their tour coming up. And he was like, I've learned that if you just believe that whatever you're doing is cool and you're just, you really think what you're doing is cool, then it's cool and people won't question you. But if you're like unsure about yourself, then that's when people will really question you. So just if you want to try something new or you want to make a certain style choice, just believe in it and know that it's cool and nothing else matters. Also in that live stream, the next item that I'm going to say, they kind of like mentioned this. I was already kind of picking up on this vibe and then they verbalized it and I think it very much also like would carry into this space. So this is check your ego, you will get farther and have more fun when you're collaborative with people instead of trying to be right. And I think they do a really good job of that. And personally, they inspire me to, they're a great reminder that the energy that you put into the world is what you receive back. So if you can be your most authentic self and chase your dreams and do like if you follow your path and do what is right for you, you will find the right people to surround you and support you. But if you're off on some path that you don't belong to, you're going to be surrounded by the wrong people. Now we are getting to the good part where we can talk about strategy and how to take all of the information that we've learned in building the brand and audience, which is hypothetical in this fun exercise. This is not me saying I think the home team should do all of these things. In real life, it's just an example of some content strategies for TikTok that we can build based off of the information that we already know about them and their audience. So the reason that we pick TikTok for the strategy is A, it's a new platform where they have high potential for visibility. It's also great for converting into listeners and fans because 
you can include your music in the videos, and you can get them interested in wanting to become a fan of you because you can show them the value that you're creating. The first step is pretty basic. We're going to keep up with the strategy that we have in place already, which is posting the music videos and other visuals with fun and engaging captions. This is something that any artist can do. It's a great way to keep the focus on the music, get people to listen to your music and see in your visuals what you're about. Hopefully you'll have visuals that will also be able to communicate a little bit about your branding so that people who would be interested in being a fan of you would recognize that immediately and be really engaged in what they're seeing. We can also add more teases of the mini casts or other Patreon offers. You can have the audio of the mini cast with B-roll video behind it. And if you're new to TikTok, you may not know that you can include a sound tagged in your video that's not actually playing because you can tag it and then turn down the volume of it so you can keep the volume of whatever's already in the video, but it will still attach itself to the algorithm of the sound you're adding to it. Next step is primarily converting listeners to fans, and it's also pretty easy. This is going to be very simple. We're going to have videos of being in the van while touring, and someone is just going to be talking to the screen. You want to be a little bit vulnerable, definitely appreciative. Maybe pretend like you're FaceTiming. What would you say to a one-on-one fan? Like, I'm really excited to see you on tour. Tell a random tour story or pretty much anything. While y'all are driving, you can just check in like you're talking to someone that you care about. You can be in that state of vulnerability, show your attention, and just give them updates on whatever's going on with you that day. You can talk for, you know, 30 seconds about something. For this to be extra effective, we want to decorate the van to be more visually interesting with colors to get people to keep watching the video. And you might think, Leah, that sounds really extra. Why would I do that? Well, TikTokers who just sit and talk for their content have the same exact, usually colorful background or will wear the same style hat or hair or clothing so that whoever's listening will recognize them. And I've seen multiple creators like this talk about getting negative views and engagement on videos where they stray away from this because their fans don't recognize them. Like people will just be scrolling through their For You page and they straight up don't know that that's who they're seeing because you're taking away that environment in which you usually see them. So part of this is to help people recognize you when they first see you or keep people interested. Like, oh, I've never seen a van decorated like that. It provides interest and makes people want to stay watching. And TikTok's algorithm is based off of watch time. So the longer you can keep people interested, the more people your video is going to be pushed out to, which is why we want to have a hook at the beginning and then something going on to keep people's attention throughout the video in order to get the most views and engagement on your TikToks. So examples for this that I would say specifically for the home team would be adding jewel tones because that matches the visuals of their brand. You can add blankets or like a tapestry over the backrest of the seats, or you could add anime posters or some other poster um, above the windows, like on the ceiling or somewhere in view, like in the back corner between the like back two windows. You could also include a tour mascot, like a stuffed animal or some type of fun thing that you would have as a tour mascot. So like I said, those are really simple. The next two strategies I have are on the silly side, coming up with really out of the box, silly, not taking myself too seriously type of content strategies are my absolute favorite because I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. And I think when you have the right group of people or the right artists who, if that makes sense for their brand and their personality, I think it can be really, really effective. So I'm excited that I think some of these would fit into the brand of this band. Within these two strategies, I do not recommend doing them at the same time. So I'm thinking we can do one on one tour and one on the other tour, or I would say pick which one you'd like. So the first one focuses on visibility and listeners, and then indirectly fans by giving them that type of FOMO, but primarily visibility and listeners. So we're going to have the sound will be one of your songs, whatever song you want to pick, a really fun hook at the beginning to keep people listening. And the format of this video is going to be, have y'all seen the TikTok trends that are day one of doing this until blank or day two and then 
they keep up a chain of like all the days. So we're going to do that and it's going to be day one of yo-yoing or hacky sacking on tour or you can do like a secret handshake like the parent trap or something. But you're going to say day one of doing this on tour, then say the city you're in and stand in front of the venue sign or landmark or otherwise just like really unique site. I've heard so many people who tour talk about the crazy things that they see and come across. So take a couple minutes and like stop in front of it and do something fun. Usually venues will have some type of interesting visual where you can stand in front and do something like this. Doing some type of regional landmark or other unique site that will get people's attention. If you add one of those things, you can tag the area that you're in so that you will start to get on a geographic algorithm and people in that area will see this. And when people in the area see you doing something in their area, it's an automatic connection and it can be really, really strong. One of my favorite bands made a music video in Bucky's, the Texas gas station. They're doing other Texas-y things, but it really gets to me. Like I know they have a lot of Texas fans, so I'm kind of like, did you just do this because a lot of us are from here or is this just because you had a random day off? But it's really cool to see them like walking around doing these very Texas-y things. So I guarantee that people in your area will be interested because they're seeing you in their area. You're creating a really strong connection there and it will at least get people interested in like, what are you doing here? And if you do not like the idea of physically being in front of a camera for this, if that is just way too much, we could do a tour mascot instead. So you can have that like stuffed animal or something that you're putting in a spot and then you can like focus on the animal and then zoom out and then show where you are and make that a little bit different. If you are using a tour mascot, you're going to have to really compensate in the way that you're using your camera or your phone. You're going to have to create movement by moving the camera or looking up transitions. Even if you're doing this with a real person in front of you, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to still go study TikTok transitions and camera movements that you can do to keep things interesting. You can spend like an hour watching YouTube videos for both of those things and probably learn a lot that you can implement and make things more interesting because we're on TikTok. So a big thing on TikTok is transition. So if you're adding a transition, then that's also going to get people interested since it's a specific to TikTok thing. So you're connecting with the TikTok audience a little more. Then add captions into the video and you can do like a call to action, stoked to be in Houston tonight, who's coming to see us, or first stop in Texas this weekend, who are we seeing? You don't want it to be like too specific and make sure the CTAs are more like engagement focused and like getting people to comment or share instead of go stream our music. Make it something easy to TikTok or like stitch us, duet us, like things like that to get the engagement going and get getting people to interact with your post. Another way that this helps with the algorithm is that when you're creating this chain, so you do day one and then for day two, instead of uploading the video like normal, you'll go to the comment section and reply to someone's comment with the new video. So you're creating this chain. So when people will see like day five in their uh, for you page, they'll click on that and you're only one click away from your other video versus two to three clicks if you don't have them connected. So we're just making that easier for everyone to pick up on and then having it be one click away, people will want to see like, oh, what were like the other places they went or did they go to did they go to my town? Can I see that? It creates so many questions and then you're giving them that really easy one click to find out the information to their questions. And then of course, by them clicking all of that, it's further increasing your engagement and TikTok's going to keep spitting you out. Even if it doesn't cause that, TikTok just likes it when you use their features. So you're using that reply to comments and TikTok likes that. So it's also going to keep spitting you out. So there's a lot of creativity that you can do with this. You don't have to be hacky sacking. Personally, I don't know if it's the bands that I used to see in high school, but I strongly associate hacky sacking with being <laughs> with bands being on tour. So you can really do anything that is creative, but the things that I listed are just some easy ones that came to the top of my head. I do think that the secret handshake from the parent trap or some other secret handshake would be really cool. The next strategy that is a little bit silly is 
focusing again on visibility listeners and fans. And I want to create a running gag throughout the tour. For this specifically, I'm keeping in mind their first tour with this wildlife. So we can set this up as them doing a running gag with Kevin or both guys. So maybe something like tour pranks. I was really inspired to add this based off of the Benny Blanco and Charlie Puth beef, but I don't I couldn't see anyone in this band or this wildlife being a part of a beef. I don't think that that would even be successful if they tried, and it's also extremely off-brand. So we're not going with a beef, but the reason that the beef worked for Benny and Charlie is because anytime that you have two people doing something together instead of like one person being ridiculous, the effects of like PR and buzz and engagement that you can get from that is exponentially higher than if you were to just do something silly on your own. So we're really just adding another element to the entertainment. And the goal is to create that dynamic with someone else so that it becomes an event instead of this one band doing stuff. And (laughs) so we're not going to do mean tour pranks. It just wouldn't make sense. So We could do a play off of that. Uh, You could stick to like really silly tour pranks or even doing like battling for doing random acts of kindness to each other. So like instead of doing a mean tour prank, it's like, oh, we're going to surprise them with this really cool thing. And then maybe it could go back and forth. And then this wildlife ends up trying to do a random act of kindness for them and film it. Oh, also the reason that I wanted to include them is because this wildlife they are very active on TikTok already. So getting to engage and cross promote both the audiences would be really awesome to see in here. This wildlife is also known for being very DIY and super involved in everything that they're doing. So I would expect them to be extremely busy on tour. Maybe they wouldn't be able to engage in this type of strategy. In that case, I would say let's do video bombing pranks, which would be really low effort for this wildlife and still pretty low effort for the home team as well. So someone from the home team would be recording someone, maybe walking up to Kevin and saying hi, or just while Kevin is doing something else, recording him and then keeping a lot of background in the frame so that someone else from the home team can be in the frame where Kevin can't see and Kevin's doing, you know, whatever he's trying to do. So this other person is doing something really weird behind him, like dancing or swinging around a lightsaber. You could really incorporate so many different types of branding in here, but do something fun, of course, to help the algorithm. It'll be bonus points if you can get very bright colors involved, either like in the walls in the background that you're in or if the stuffed animal or prop or whatever you're using has some really bright colors in it. Maybe you could be in a costume. If they still had any of the horror costumes that they used for their music video, watching all your friends get rich, they could include that into these pranks. With both of these strategies, you can get super, super creative. So just finding something fun and then including that into the formula is the key. It doesn't have to be like this one specific thing that I'm saying. But I think both of those strategies have a lot of potential for fun and engaging with new people and getting people really excited. My next strategy is experimental. It's also a little bit out there and requires a little more effort. But again, experimental because I don't know if the logistics of this would work. The way that I've planned this idea, I think it's the best possible case. But here we go. I'm just, there's also multiple steps to this. So I'm going to start chronologically. The first step is an Instagram live. Instagram, not TikTok. This is a TikTok strategy, but just trust me. We're going to start out with an Instagram live. You can promote the Instagram, it's, well, technically it's going to be an Instagram live and a TikTok live. So you can promote them maybe like a week out or five days ahead, at least three days ahead, tell people that you're planning on doing this and you're going to set up an Instagram live. And then 15 to 30 minutes after the Instagram live, you're going to do a TikTok live immediately after. Okay. If you're asking, can I just do them both at the same time? No, because the point of this is going to take Instagram where they have the absolute most engagement from their fans And then give them some value and then tell them, hey, we're going to keep doing this on TikTok. If you want to see more of this, 
come to TikTok with us. So that's going to give them a boost of engagement followers onto their TikTok where they're trying to grow more engagement. Continue doing a Q&A or whatever you're talking about for about 10 minutes, maybe 15 if you want. And then you're going to play a game with your fans. You can add people to your live. So add like two to three people to your live chat and then play charades with them. And you can say like at the beginning of the Instagram live, hey, after this, we're gonna go to TikTok, we're gonna keep answering questions and we're gonna play a game on TikTok. Tell them exactly, you know, what's going to be happening. Charades is the only game that I thought of where, you know, you have to make sure that it's something that A, can be played through live and also that it will be something that's interesting for the people not playing to watch. So, so they have to be able to understand what's happening every step of the way and also have it be engaging. So I'm thinking you can have like two band members, two or three band members playing charades against two to three people in the TikTok live. But when you add more people to the TikTok live, it closes the amount of space that y'all have in there. So I think two against two would maybe be best. I've seen lives where people bring people in and they're like doing some type of game. I've seen people do like dating games and other stuff like that and like trivia. Which I guess trivia might be fun to do, but you would have to find people that like really know about you. And I feel like, I don't know, that could be fun. I feel like it would be less, I don't know, I think that would be good too. Yeah, that is experimental, but I think it would do a really good job of converting people from Instagram to TikTok. I've done one other thing that is outside of this TikTok strategy, partially just to give myself writing practice, but I saw on their Spotify that they have a pretty bare bio, so I'm rewriting their Spotify bio because they have 165,000 monthly listeners. I'm sure that not everyone who's listening to them is clicking into their profile every day, but we can assume that there's thousands of people a week looking at their Spotify profile and then probably a good chunk of that looking at their bio. This is a spot that gets a lot of traffic already and we want to maximize the amount of conversion that we can get from those listeners to fans because that's really where they have the most potential right now because people are discovering their new album and how amazing it is and so now they just need that little push or like not even a push but they need a prompt to get invested into this band. So this is a really great place to start. Their current bio has information, slow bloom out now, and then tour with this wildlife on these dates. And then at the end, it has a little tagline, real rockers only. So what I'm going to do differently is remove slow bloom because... In order for someone to get to their Spotify profile, they literally just scrolled past Slow Bloom, so they know it's out. That's a little bit redundant and taking up prime real estate for, again, the spot that has thousands of views of traffic every week, probably. So then, this is nitpicky, I want to add US tour. It just says tour with this wildlife. So anytime that you don't have, like, the dates, cities, and venues, like, listed out, specify where the tour is. Don't just say tour because if we just say tour, it's not specific. Whoever's reading it isn't going to react to that as strongly as they would. You know, if it says West Coast tour, then someone will be like, oh my gosh, they might be coming to where I am, or East Coast tour. So specify where the tour is. In this case, it would be a US tour. We're going to keep real rockers only, but maybe add that to the end of this. Next, we're going to do two paragraphs, very small paragraphs. The first one is going to be what their music is about. And I did a rough draft for these. The point of this is to show how we're including the branding elements and keeping in mind the audience in order to maximize the effectiveness of this bio. For the first paragraph, we want to focus on what their music is about. A pop rock band with non-traditional approach to the music industry fusing heavier and eclectic elements in their new album, Slow Bloom, produced by Sky Accord of Issues. And then you can link Issues, and I don't know if Sky Accord has an artist profile that you can link to, but if he does, you can link him. If they have any industry achievements, you can add that or introduce band member stuff. They're not big on like personal brands for their band members, so I don't think the home team would need to add information on specific band members. Then the second paragraph is where we give those fans FOMOs, show them value, show them how much fun it is to be your fan. We're going to include the brand motifs, and here's my rough draft. 
We are united by our years spent in the PNW alt music scene, our love for Star Wars, and belief of kindness to all on our journey through life. An ideal night of fun for this band includes an exciting board game, unlimited Topo Chico, and thought-provoking discussion about insert nerdy millennial core thing here. I already said Star Wars once, so that's that's about all I know. As an escape from the high expectations of society. Something like that, like I said, we're really including those brand elements. And then a really simple call to action, like you're invited to the party, follow our socials linked below. And then Spotify already has those links for their socials. I almost included like and sub to Patreon. That would be a lot just for a Spotify bio because remember this is listeners to fans whereas I think social media where we already have fans there um, is where we can convert fans to super fans by promoting that Patreon. And I wanted to include that as like a scrapped idea of mine because it's important to have ideas and then really think them through of like, okay, what is the purpose of this? Does this make sense? And kind of like think through your ideas. And if it doesn't actually make sense, you can scrap them, Uh, which seems simple, but I don't know. I've seen a lot of people who like don't think things through like that. Another idea that I had that I scrapped is that I had recommended them do a street team uh, because they have amazing music, amazing Patreon offers, and they don't have that much time on their hands. I was like, hey, they need help like getting the word out. And a street team could be a great way to do that. They could help with getting their sounds trending on TikTok and starting TikTok trends. But in a lot of cases, having to manage a street team is just more stress. I can't think of anything a street team would do that would be time better spent than if they were to just have someone helping them with the band's social media. And this situation made me think, is a street team nowadays necessary or redundant in this era of social media? Because the last couple years, I've been like dying for street teams to make a comeback, Um, even though I think we've known for a while that like now people are more conscious of like of the fact that street teams can sometimes just be unpaid labor and a lot of people are speaking out against internships and other things that can be exploitative of people's labor. So I think just from that perspective, street teams are kind of like a gray area. And also with the scale of this band, people want to hear directly from the band and have a more intimate connection with the artist. So people just may not be that interested in a street team. And also, since we're focusing on the visibility to listener to fan, a street team may fall into fan to super fan conversion or really just like continuing engagement with super fans because someone would have to be a pretty involved fan to hear about the street team anyway. So it may not actually help the goal of that like visibility listener to fan conversion. So that's why I decided to scrap this idea of a street team and if they did decide that they needed and if they decided that they needed more help with their social media, I would tell them to get a social media scheduling tool and or a social media manager to help them at least build up some like filler posts so that they have more engaging posts that can still be like in between all of their announcements and give more info about all the cool stuff that they're doing. They have all the stuff in place. We just need more people to know about that. So having really, really involved social media in general will be a great way to do that. That is what I've got for these strategies. If you've listened through this entire episode, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I hope that this was really helpful either to inspire content ideas or to give you that illustration of how to take a brand and an audience and then convert that into a really effective and personalized strategy. If my ideas and approach resonate with you and you're looking for personalized marketing services but don't have the budget for it, I'm currently building a marketing portfolio so you can email or DM me for help with branding, running ads, digital strategy, or social media management. Or you can follow the podcast to continue hearing about new case studies that I'm doing every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. 